Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com and hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey Podcast uh, network of podcasts, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, I'm Greg Mahochko, joined as always by my good fa- uh, good friend, uh, fellow Husker fan and longtime broadcast buddy, Mr. Brian Told. Brian, football season is back and the Huskers are 1-0 after uh, a win last week against Arkansas State. Um, just without necessarily, you know, diving into the X's and O's, which we'll do a little bit, but just how much fun was it just to see the team back out on the field competing? Um, sure. It was great. Um, you couldn't, uh, wouldn't know it because everybody's too busy bitching and moaning about it. So <laughs> I'm just saying, Let, let's talk about bitching and moaning because, it seemed like a lot of the members of the media, and I'm not I'm not saying the mainstream media. You know, I'm not making those claims, but you know, no, they, it was mainstream. It was mainstream. It, it was mainstream as far as Nebraska athletics coverage goes, but they were quite a, a pardon the pun riled up afterward when defensive coordinator Bob Diaco didn't speak with them, and we found out a couple days later that it was. You know, mis- miscommunication between he and Riley, whatever excuse they might have come up with. I don't know. But did if you would have been there in Lincoln, would you have been offended that uh, Diaco didn't take time to talk with media? I mean, I, I suppose if he comes down and then sees everybody and kind of says, oh, hey, got to go, bye, I guess. And I get the theory behind it. That being said, it, it, you know, it, it, it makes me wonder, you know, do are people necessarily owed this? You know, it, right. is the fan base owed something, you know, and I think I think there's a transparency thing where, you know, it, it, the reason I, I kind of buy it, but I don't buy it. Uh, guys like Langsdorf, Langsdorf was down there, at least, you know, taking the taking the. I don't know, bullet, you know, whatever, and they're talking, and it, it could be something, you know, honestly, it could be something where Riley just didn't realize it, and fine, so be it. Not Riley uh, Diaco, but yeah, and I, I think, I think, I think the, I think the problem is, you know, there are a couple guys that there are a couple guys in the media. Let's face it, you know, they're a little, they love to get pissed off about everything. Oh sure. Um, the the ice is not cold enough in the bucket in the Gatorade. Um, you know, Nebraska is cheap because they don't spend money that they get. You know, blah 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 blah. You know, we just get pissed. You know, there there's axes to grind. You probably know what I'm talking about. If you do, great. If not, I don't care. <laughs> um, but it just, I'm I'm sure it was something that uh, was. Unintentional. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but I think also if Diaco was kind of, you know, it, I wouldn't say losses, 
the honeymoon's over because if Nebraska wins against Oregon, which doesn't really someone shut down but make everybody a little happy against them. Right. You know, who's going to say anything, you know? So, I don't know. And what what was he supposed to say, you know, coming down? Let's say theoretically he did, you know, come down and, and you know, media says, oh, we didn't see a whole lot, you know. It, it, I, I, it's my understanding, and, and crap on this if you like, but didn't he just, didn't he go out of his way to keep it as vanilla as possible because uh, it was Arkansas State and didn't want to show his hand too much, you know, coming into uh, Oregon? I suppose you can say that, but I also think there's a there's another theory that Nebraska's got to learn how to play well out of base the whole season because um, how many spread teams does Nebraska see in the Big Ten? They'll see Purdue. Okay. Illinois, maybe. Ohio State, yeah. And outside of that, you're not going to see too many pure spread teams. Okay, that can that can run that offense. Minnesota, kind of, sort of, but they don't have the – there's no identity for that offense. We saw last week. Um, Iowa's going to be pro-style kick, kick your ass. Wisconsin's going to be pro-style kick your ass. Penn State's kind of this little hybrid thing that they use Barkley a lot, but they're pretty much pro-style for the most part. Um, you know, so I think what people forget, you know, lose, they lose this in the forest, you know. Let, let's say, or you know, Oregon, you know, scores points and, you know, Nebraska happens to win, you know. What, what we're seeming to forgetting is Nebraska only did, on defense, gave up tw- only gave up 27. Mm-hmm. There was a safety that seems everybody seems to forget about. There was the punt return touchdown everybody wants to bitch and moan about, but they seem to forget about. Um, did they get yards? Yeah, they got yards. Um, but we all knew that this was going to be a defense that allows yards yet doesn't allow a lot of points. If that's the case, you know, I think Bo Pliny's offense really kind of defense kind of was. So, you know, <laughs> as long as it, it, and no, it's all just truth. Everybody was sitting there saying, no, get yards, you know, allow yards to keep points off the board. Sure. So keep it, keep it in front. It, it's keep nothing, it in front of you. It, it's nothing. It, yeah. And, and, you know, their longest play was what, 29 yards on the day, if I remember right. So it, it's okay. I mean, I can live with that. You know, yeah, you get cuts by, you know, a thousand cuts, but. In the whole grand scheme and things, Nebraska didn't let up big plays and he let him be behind him. It, it looked silly, yeah, but it just you know Nebraska had more bigger had more big plays than Arkansas State did in the end. That mattered. What did you see? I mean, obviously there are going to be some growing pains as you know we try to you know fully implement and and get the. Do, would you say that the three four is fully implemented, or do you still think that there are some nuances that need to be grasped because they've only seen it, it at at full game speed once? Um, I think the first thing is, you know, we need to find the outside linebackers to make this thing work. Alex Davis was a liability on the touchdown route in the first quarter, and uh, I, I think, I, I think. What I'm wondering is, is Nebraska deep enough to play the dime right now or a nickel? You know, because that's a lot of that's a lot of your two deep out there mm-hmm. um, playing playing secondary. Okay, so if that's the case, then Nebraska is really going to have issues. Um, you know, if somebody goes down, there's more walk-ons in there um, playing spots that you know they may not be ready for. 
And I just kind of wonder how prepared everybody is. And it's, it was the first game for a lot of kids. It was the first game, you know, mostly for Eric Lee, mostly clue at, uh, safety. safety. Um, DiCaprio Boodle, who Boodle played a lot. Yeah. But that was his first true playing action. So, so, you know, the Oculus is about game experience and, and there's something to be said about that because, you know, you can have as much talent, you can show it off in practice, but unless you're, you know, out there, you know, kind of learn the hard way sometimes. And, and kids do that. Freshmen will do that, you know, no matter what position they are. I mean, it could be offense, it could be defense, but really kind of there's something to be said about, you know, getting out there and playing. Once they played, I think they kind of feel a little more settled, especially in a game like this where you know Nebraska's going to be out there and they're going to have tempo thrown at them. Uh, they're going to not have many plays, but they're going to have concepts from them they're just constant just exploit one-on-one matchups um you know if you're not ready for that you're you're it's gonna be a long day for you we kind of saw it last year oregon still had success without uh what's his name uh the one running back yeah, Freeman. He, he went down early um yeah let's talk on the offensive side uh obviously trey bryant carried the load uh did did a really man he a phenomenal job i would say the st louis product um what what did you see from him? I, I liked his his ability to break through some some tackles. Now, obviously, this is this isn't you know Michigan tackles or Ohio State tackles, it's Arkansas State tackles. But uh, you know had had plenty of yards after contact. Uh, had a had a nice second burst there. I mean, had, you know pulled off some big runs. What did you see from Trey? I saw a little more patience because Nebraska was starting to do a few things on offensive line that they hadn't done in a while. Probably hadn't done since Kavanaugh had been there. You know, the whole pulling, the whole pin and pull, the counter play. And so, so Nebraska really kind of had that. And Brian had to show a little bit of patience to uh, to run behind that. So um, that, that's something I see. But I also saw, you know, the durability. You know, we know that he's got to be out there having issues with his knee. And he's been moving, missing practices. He missed one Monday after the game. You know, so the durability that I showed after that was great. But... At the same time, you kind of wish you see some more players because, you know, there's going to be times where Bryant may not be playing, you know, do that. And so kind of catch 22. And, you know, what's funny is everybody sits there and wants a bell cow. And then when the bell cow comes, it's, well, it's, it's not the guy I want. Right. You know, you can't, <laughs> you can't sit there and bitch about that you want. Oh, I want a leader. I want a guy who, okay, straight right. Well, you don't, nah, I can't be him. Well, you know, I mean, at Nebraska, we bit, you know, Run, run a guy for 190, run for 220 total. Pretty even offense, and, you know, we're still griping that we didn't run for five bills under the triple option. The fullback didn't get 10 carries for 70 yards. I mean, just you understand understand the offense. You know, the pass is going to open up the run a little bit. Mm-hmm. It did with Armstrong, and, you know, the quick screen game and such like that was really effective Saturday night and helped – uh, you know, there were, there were matchups Nebraska exploited. Tyler Hops looked real good. Morgan looked good on the nine route. J.D. Spielman, I thought, looked really good. You know, not even considering the the kickoff return. Yeah, we'll talk about um, that in a minute as well. So, I mean, there's there other parts in just the running back. And oh, sure. It, it just seems like when, when you break down, people just get spoiled at it. They want the running back, want the running back, want the running back, when there's a lot more to it. You know, it just, it, it, there just is in this offense. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, last year we we got kind of spoiled with guys like uh, Brandon Riley and Alonzo Moore. 
sort of that deep threat. Do we not have that that big deep threat this year? I mean, we saw we saw some nice uh, long passes to Stanley Morgan, but like we don't have. Maybe I answer my own question because you know more. But he's he doesn't have the prototypical height that you want from the from the big uh, receivers. Well, you're also going to want Tajon to go deep. You're going to want a guy like McQuitty who would be able to stretch the field really well, but you're not going to see him this year. No. Uh, Pierce Snell probably is your next option, but it sounds like he's he's got a bum shoulder and may not even make the trip. So, I mean, you have options there. It's just they need to stay healthy. So, And I think Stanley's as good as it's going to get on that. Were you surprised to see Tajon get as much time on the field and, and, and have as many targets as, as he got for a true mm. freshman? No, matter of fact, I was kind of wondering why he didn't get more. Um, he seemed to <laughs> he had two or three in the first first quarter, and I don't remember him getting much in the rest of the game. But you know, he, he, he he's pretty dang good, guys. Oh um, yeah. I mean, hey, we tried to tell you all this, and we wouldn't lie to you. Uh, you mentioned a few moments ago. You mentioned uh, Hoppus, a tight end with great size and uh, phenomenal hands. And he showed that. I mean, he had he had some big, tough catches last week. Yeah, um, had the drop in the end zone at the first drive. Really good catch on the on the one yard line. And I think, he, you know, we're gonna have to see how he comes through. You know, there's gonna be times where he's double teamed, and he seems like the guy that, you know, there were a couple of plays that he was open down the slot. So we're gonna have to see how he comes out. And I still think there's one more guy that has to come through to that group, either Snyder. Uh, Stole, uh, Raftel, whoever they want to kind of run out there. But there's one more guy in that tight end group that has to come through to see how uh, how this group's going to play. Hoppus is good. I'm not saying that, but we need you need a couple, at least one more to show up. Let's talk about, uh, of course, McNitt got a, a couple touches, and you know he he's he's more of a I, I don't know he's not going to you know be hauling the ball. You know, for big carries, but he, he made the most of his opportunities. But let's let's talk about the guy that we talked about all off season. Uh, you know, when we talked, uh, Tanner Lee. It, it, first thing that I noticed is, man, it's it's nice to hit a receiver in stride. Um, but he did. I thought he, you know, settled in, had a nice had a nice game against ASU. And it was all right. I mean, save the fourth quarter probably. But I, I think the one thing that yeah, he. He had jitters at the first drive, you know, and, and we pointed him out. But after that, he seemed really calm and, and just kind of made the throws. And you get a game for like that from Tanner Lee, 12 games, you're going to win a majority of them. I mean, no, he had mistakes, but nothing that got capitalized on. He'll throw interceptions. You know, there's times he'll look bad. But once the game kind of slowed down after being out for two years, once the game slowed down, it seemed like he worked really well. Um, I would like to see him get a little more protection. Uh, he kind of got clobbered a couple times and missed, missed blocking assignments, missed blitz calls that kind of smushed him a little bit. But, uh, you know, outside that one last drive, maybe, you know, really no complaints at all. It, we've been kind of uh, going maybe player by player or position by position, but offensive line had its struggles at times. Uh, there was the, the missed block completely that led to the safety. Um so room for improvement, and and it you know it, it's it's been a week, but definitely going to need some improvement heading into uh, the game with the Ducks. Well, big thing you're going to see is you're going to see if Barney, Mac Barniak's ready because he's going to play a lot for David Knievel. 
who probably may not start, but definitely will be sitting some snaps. So, redshirt freshman out of Sioux Falls, you know, Nebraska fought real hard to get him, and, uh, and, and you know, it's got. gonna be time for hit to see how how he comes out. So, I'm excited because I think I think he's just as good as Knievel. If it's and I really think he's a little more talented. He's gonna learn a little bit under fire, but. Um, you know, you, you got to find out what you got. Let's talk about uh, the the hot commodity, and this was after right after Arkansas State ran that punt back, which was crazy from the beginning because uh, I, I read an article. Uh, stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's it was stupid. it was a muff punt that he picked up. Uh, everybody, you know, all all the uh, cover guys are running to one side because that's about where. It, but he picked it up, spun, and and had had a pretty open field. Uh, Props to Caleb Blackmore for attempting, but didn't make the best angle. Um, you know, he, if he gets a better angle, he might be able to stop that. But uh, right after that, J.D. Spielman, 99 yards, and, and man, that, he showed some wheels, and that was great to see because we hadn't seen a, a kick return for a touchdown in a while. Yeah, um, should probably turn off my mute button. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably nothing you can complain about him pointing to the sky at the 30 yard line, which could have been a penalty, I guess. But uh, it kind of seemed like it changed their whole game plan. You know, they they pooch kicked, they they uh, they pooch kicked several times after that. So uh, changed their whole strategy, kind of helped Nebraska out because helped Nebraska with their field position. They kept getting the ball at the 30, 32 yard line. So you know that that's in the back of people's head. That's a beautiful thing. Um, wonder how how well Nebraska be fired. You know, on that in Oregon, how you know, can Oregon get the ball touchback enough? But uh, that you know, the one more weapon is not a not a horrible thing. And and uh, they use J- uh, JD as a receiver as well, and and uh, certainly hope that that young man has opportunity to get a few more touches. Uh, you know, I thought that Tanner did a good job of spreading the ball around. I, I don't know if any one receiver got you know exponentially more looks or targets than anyone else so uh recognizing that he's got some weapons and uh and and the the wisdom to spread the ball around and and keep the defense honest because they they can't you know double up one person because as we saw last Saturday any of those Nebraska receivers or even uh, Trey Bryant out of the backfield can come back and bite you and can really hurt a defense yeah, um, and it's like we said before, you know, you're going to have to have a lot of people touching the ball for Nebraska to be successful. It can't just be Tanner Lee to hand off Trey Bryant, Tanner Lee hand off Trey Bryant. Um, it's got to be Ty John on the bubble screen. It's got to be Pearson on the cross, Morgan on the cross, Morgan on the nine route, hops down the seam, uh, sale concept hops. Uh, it's got to be running backs, you know, Will Bond, uh, Zigbo, even Bryant. Um, it's got to be a, it's got to be a, a team effort, um, you know. Here and there, maybe you have somebody you know, ride the coattails, but it's got to be a team effort for this team to do well. And they did pretty well offensively. I mean, everybody kind of looks at you know what what Arkansas State did to Nebraska's defense, but you know Nebraska kind of had their way for the most part with Arkansas State's uh, defense throughout the entire evening. And it's Arkansas State, and they are the Sun Belt, uh, you know, which is not a, a Power Five, but. But it's a respectable team. They, they were they, they were they champs won that, last they've won year. that conference. They've won that conference five times since 2010. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, solid program that's always competitive and and uh, 
uh, you know, they'll go on and they'll probably win the conference again. But let's shift gears now. Uh, as we've mentioned, and, and this is no secret, of course, Nebraska at Oregon. And uh, the Ducks are going to be hard to miss uh, looking out there on them in their bright yellow. <laughs> Once again, it's, it's going to be weird to see Nebraska in uh, red they're wearing, jerseys. They're wearing whites. They're wearing pure white. Is that what it is? White, white I, for whatever reason, I thought yellow. White with chrome. Oh, heavens. Um, so Yeah, but they can do it. They do oh, it sure. well. They do sure. It well. Uh, Oregon's, you know, Nike affiliation aside, uh, what do we know about, I mean, first-year head coach or, or first, you know, first year at, at Oregon for the head coach, how is this Oregon team different from last year's Oregon team that came to Lincoln and, and Nebraska defeated largely because of uh, of quarterback who's not there anymore who graduated and Tommy Armstrong? Um, well, they're, they really kind of depend on youth, especially on defense. Jim Levitt uh, has a couple guys that Nebraska targeted last year, Thomas Graham and Dahmer or Lenore. Uh, in the in the in the uh, secondary, uh, true freshman that would have played right away at Nebraska, but they went to Oregon. Um, you know, same kind of offense. They run a lot of speed. You know, they run a lot of uh, tempo. They like to get. It's a typical Oregon offense. They want to get the ball in mismatches. They want you one on one. They don't sub out. They can run several plays and several concepts with the same personnel. Um, that's the one thing Nebraska's got to fear for. Uh, they did a well last year against that defensively, but this is a completely different system with Mark Banker gone and Bob Diaco there. Um, Offensively-wise, really kind of Nebraska did well last year with the quarterback running, uh, but also Nebraska can move the ball at will sometimes with these guys. I remember Hopp has had a pretty good catch for a touchdown uh, throughout the s- season, uh, and, and I think Nebraska had a little more success than Oregon like to admit running the ball. Uh, the big thing is Freeman's gone. Uh you know, Freeman was gone last year early in that game. Uh, if he stays healthy, that's going to be Nebraska's A number one thing to stop. That line is a little younger than you can imagine, but they're tolerable. Um, the big thing is Nebraska is going to have to play. You know, they're not going to be able to sub out. You know, that place, so they're going to have to. And people like to hear, hate hate hearing this, but there's not real way to shut down Oregon's offense. You know, you, you limit their points. You know, they're going to get yards. You don't let the big play happen. Um, it's, a, it's a pain in the ass thing to see because you see them going up and down the field. But, you know, you make them have to go to third down. You make them have to go to uh, figure out what's going on before they run the play. You make them have to sub out. They sub out. You can sub out. Uh, and, and on offense, you need to shorten the game for your defense. Yeah. Um, you know, just the keep them on the field on third down, you know make sure you're moving the ball. You don't have to necessarily, you know, make 15 play 80 yard methodical drives every time, but make sure that your defense can get a sit down because if you go three and out and that, and that offense can get rolling, then it's, it's, it's lights out for y'all. It seemed to be like it it kind of piggybacking on what you said there. Maybe a key uh, for Nebraska would be to, uh, you know, force like, like you said, keep the ball in front of them, maybe force the field goals, give up the field goal in lieu of a touchdown. But then I think there's going to come a point late in the game where uh, it's going to be four-down territory for Oregon, and that's when you're going to have to come up make the big stop uh, and, and get them off the field because I think it's a very winnable game for Nebraska. Um, you know, and, and you can go back to you know Coach Riley and, and all of his time spent in Oregon. And, and you know, I, I think he I, – I know – even though I, I don't know if he's admitted it, but you got to wonder that he probably wants to go back to Eugene and get the W. Um, 
But uh, I also think that this is a, a pretty young, energetic Husker squad, and, and uh, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, I've got a good feeling about about the game. And uh, obviously, we'll have to watch it all play out. Uh, uh, what what's your viewing plans for the game, Brian? I uh, I'll be home second half, and I'll be writing, and I'll be all that. Um, the one thing I would say about this: this is probably Mike Riley's most talented team he's taken to Eugene. By any stretch of the imagination, what he's ever had in Corvallis. Yeah, I mean, and, um, and I think I think so, that was expected. I think he knew that. He, again, not something that he'd admit, but when you go from Oregon State to Nebraska, you have to understand there's probably a bump up in in personnel talent. And this yeah. this being, it's not even it's not even so much that it's he's recruited enough talent to help that out mm-hmm. too. So uh, I think Riley's knowledge of what they do. Um, you know, and it's something where nobody's going if, to – if there's 25,000, 30,000 Nebraska fans, as we've kind of seen on Twitter, maybe in that field, it's going to be real interesting to see how that pans out because Autzen's one of those stadiums. It's 55,000, but it sounds like $3 million coming down on you. If half, that's, if half that is Nebraska fans, it's going to be real interesting to see how that home field changes for, for the Huskers. And uh, it'll be kind of fun to watch. Is it because – I mean, it, it's Oregon – and I know that there's a, a large contingent of Husker fans in California who who thought maybe that this might be a, a shorter trip than you know most of the rest of the schedule. So do you why 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 this game that could be drawing twenty five or thirty thousand fans Husker fans? West Coast thing, uh, something where a lot of people hadn't gone here in a long time. Um, you know, and, and that's cool. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it, I think it's. A, I think it's something that Nebraska fans have been like kind of looking forward to. Um, it's not cold, you know. It's it's not Happy Valley, you know. It's not, you know, you you're gonna go Happy Valley every three or four years. You're gonna go to Columbus, sure. Uh, you know, you're gonna go to State University of New Jersey. You know, it's somewhere that Nebraska hasn't played ever, or or I'd have to look it up. But you know, going to Portland, checking out the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I'm really, you know, it's kind of like when they went to Washington only going to be a lot more people there so i think people are really kind of excited to see this game and how it pours out you know and nebraska's gonna be wearing red and what if they wore the red pants i was gonna say they're wow. they're not gonna do all red are they i mean uh, who knows that maybe be, they will maybe they won't that'd be a first um all right so i don't i don't know if we have anything else really to to cover on this episode brian we we were able to knock it out of the ballpark no yeah, we're good i good uh, red. <laughs> slow down uh you said you'll miss the first half but you'll be riding and i'll be at a wedding uh so i'll be dvring it so Boo. you know what i had an out i had the option um but it's a co-worker of my wife's and i wanted to go that way we could take the, our boy and she could show him off and and i'll sit there and not be on facebook twitter the slack chat room i gotta snooze those notifications i'm going completely phone silent uh, until I get home and I'm able to pop that game on the old DVR and get to watching a Husker W. That's the plan, right? Sure. Always, as always, Brian, yeah. your, your enthusiasm uh, is, <laughs> is, is inspiring. <laughs> that, yep. That'll do it uh, for uh, this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Make sure that you check out all the other podcasts on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, jitterymonkey.com or iTunes. Uh, subscribe if you haven't. Leave a review and a five-star rating. Five-star for the five hearts. 
You see what I did there. Uh, but that'll do it. I'm Greg Mahachko. He's Brian Toll reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. Go Big Red. Yeah. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.